This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Let the joyous news be spread, the wicked old witch at last is dead. But we're, I mean, two weeks away from being able to do a show where we do a huge NBA preview, which I'm excited about. I mean, opening yeah. day is, hey, Siri, how many days until December 21st? It's 22 days until, 22 days until the season starts. Mm, That's the nuts. That one, Siri. Second That's guess we've nuts. ever had the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I just turned on, hey, Siri. That's why I do it. Oh, you just finally got it. So you're watching an important sporting event. I'm watching the most important sporting event of the weekend, actually, right now. Which is? Uh, Columbus-Nashville Eastern Conference MLS semifinals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to find a clip uh, to put, like, right here if this makes the show. And it might, because it's going to be a thin show today. Uh, <laughs> of Antonio Brown, like, not understanding a play call. Tom Brady calls an audible, and the word he's using is banned. He's going band, band, band. Antonio Brown's like kind of like doing this, and Tom Brady's like band. He like does like a rubber band, and Antonio Brown gives him one of these, and Tom has to like go over to him. I know I've never outside too. I've never seen a quarterback do that ever. And he just did it. He just instinctively did it. I think he knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. Well, do you want to get the party started? Uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Well, welcome in everybody on this week of Fan to Fan Detroit. It is finally here. Uh, Matt, Patricia, Bob Quinn, they're gone. You guys, they're gone. We don't have to come on and do the same thing we've done all year. You guys don't have to continue thinking the same things you've thought all year about this team. We don't have to wonder when it's going to happen. Sheila Fordham pulled the trigger today. She did it, or yesterday, I guess, Saturday. Uh, she did it. Matt, Patricia, Bob Quinn, <clears throat> out of the job. Now... Do we normally celebrate people losing their jobs? No. But is it okay with their millionaires? Yeah, it's fine. So I don't want anybody getting sensitive about it. Uh, Matt, for, what, first of all, what was your reaction? This is the closest thing the Lions are going to have to a victory, Super Bowl victory parade. It really feels that way. I mean, it was, it, it's the best news or the best day we've had as Lions fans in three years. Four Probably. years. Yeah. I sure. mean, it's... It's it's just it it feels as just a fan. It just feels like I don't have to hate watch this team anymore. It feels like I can kind of take a breath and just like what whatever way it goes with Bevel as the interim, whatever way it goes. If they lose forty to five, forty to six, the rest of the season, every game, I'm not even going to be angry. It's fine, honestly. Like if they're losing, it might be better. Uh, there's a chance you could slide all the way up to the fifth pick in this off season. Um, so I guess I, I, I kind of don't know where I want to go with this first. We have a few different ways to go, so I'm going to let you decide. Do we want to start with talking about the potential replacements, or do we want to start by talking about what the uh, goal should be for the rest of the season and this off season? I guess. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about the goals then. Uh, the Lions have kind of a soft schedule coming up to wrap up the rest of the year. Uh, it's got some winnable games on it, potentially. We'll get to see a lot 
let me okay. Let me let me start by asking you a question. Do you think that there is a world where Daryl, where the team does well enough in the closing weeks of the season, where Daryl Bevel becomes the head coach? They would have to literally win out and probably win a playoff game. So no, there is not a world where that happens. Uh, do I think there's a world where maybe you think about it, where he changes up the defense and there's going to be a lot more blitzing and maybe some things work out and then they go three and two and you have to think about it? Sure. that I mean, that's possible. Um, but I don't think that should be your hope as a Lions fan. Uh, not that Bevel's been awful, but Bevel's been pretty bad. Uh, and I know Stafford loves Bevel, and that's probably why he's the interim over somebody like Braden Combs because Stafford and Bevel's relationship is super tight. Uh, it came out today that in the beginning of Patricia's tenure, him and Stafford got off to a super rocky start. They got a little bit better as time went on because of Daryl Bevel. Uh, but no, I don't think there is. And God, I hope there's not because this this is needs to be a full reset, complete full reset. A lot of um, a lot of players kind of dancing on Patricia's grave on Twitter this week, which I've never seen like so many guys. All at once. I know one of them was Darius Slay, and I think that Darius Slay should shut his mouth. But uh, other than those, other than that, because his opinion is well established, it is well understood. But like Ashawn Robinson coming out and saying like you threatened my career is like kind of startling to read, or you know. Yeah, it, it, we knew it was bad, um, but I think that just kind of shows how bad it was. Uh, every year, I think we got a – I don't know if it was a fake story or what, but every year in preseason, we get a story how the players are finally liking Patricia or every week it's getting better and they're playing for the guy. And it's just not true. It just wasn't true. Um, but let's not – you know, the players obviously got their point across. He's gone. The Lions are on to the next step. So that then the question is, what is the next step? And I think a lot of it depends on who you hire. Um, are you going to be looking to get rid of Stafford, even though it'll be $24 million in dead cap next year if you trade him? Uh, it, it, same with Trey Flowers, like 20-something million in dead cap probably eliminates the possibility for that. Is somebody like Trufant going to be possibly cut uh, by next Seriously. year? Um, you, you know, there's... You, it's a weird time to do it because if, if this was after next season, you are in a great position to completely reset. Trufant can be cut. Big V can be cut. Stafford can be traded. I mean, you can, you can reset the roster with very little penalty on your cap if this was after next season. But obviously, we can't wait for that. Patricia just was – I mean, every week this guy was here, this franchise dug itself a hole deeper and deeper. I mean, it was bad. Um, and especially when you look at Caldwell, who most of us knew when he was fired. That guy's not the best coach. Really good for your culture. In-game management, however, was not his thing. Uh, so all the people who are freaking out, you know, Caldwell should be here. We should rehire Caldwell. Oh, no, big no, eye like, roll from me. Yeah, not not the case. A good a good franchise fires Caldwell when we fired Caldwell. They just do uh, yeah. good on the next step. They hire the correct next guy. Yes. Um, and, luckily, and to be fair, I think you and I both were kind of of the opinion when Patricia got hired that not a terrible idea for what your next guy could be. I think we both thought that it was a good hire and that the logic of firing Caldwell and hiring Patricia was pretty sound. And yeah. Hindsight, hindsight, I look back on that a little bit and I think of two things. 
Uh, one, I think about the fact that he gave up almost 40 points to Nick Foles in the Super Bowl with a defense that had a lot of talent on it that as soon as he left turned into maybe the best defense in the league. Uh, and two, I think of Brad Osmus coming in to coach the Tigers after Leland when you had a team that was, you know, really, really good, uh, better than what the Lions were when Caldwell got fired, but mm -hmm. a really good team. And then you bring in this guy who's trying to figure it out. Uh, and it kind of just threw everything out of whack and didn't work. What do you mean figure it out? Figure out how to be a coach. Figure out oh, how to lead a team. Oh, oh I see what you mean. Um, yeah. A guy who wasn't necessarily ready for that spot, maybe ready with a team that wasn't trying to take that next step. Like the Tigers were trying to win a World Series. The Lions were trying to get to the playoffs and win a playoff game. Uh, so it just kind of all backfired. So hindsight, I look back on it and I think, hmm, I guess, I guess the, the writing was kind of on the wall in front of you. But let's do this. Let me. Uh, I I have something that I I think I want to touch on based on what you said. You talked about cutting Trufant. You talked about cutting Stafford. Big V. Uh, I don't think they'll trading cut Big Stafford. V. Trading. Oh, after, trading Stafford. Yeah, after next me. year, you will be cutting Big V. You think? Yeah, because the way his contract is, where yeah. you can cut him in year three for like a five million dollar cap hit. Yeah, uh, that probably will happen because he hasn't been very good, but. Uh, do you think that they're going to trade Stafford? I don't think that there's a world anywhere on this planet where they trade Stafford. So I'm trying to figure out, um, I'm trying to figure out who, who does it. So I look at the top two candidates, the top two guys, most Lions fans want the most, and that's Eric Bieniemy, and that's Robert Sala. So Sala comes in here and I think there's a good chance that he looks at this offense and says, damn, that's a good offense. And then he looks at this defense. He knows who he is and says, I might be able to fix this. There is some talent here. Is there a lot of talent? No, but there is some. Uh, and then you add a high draft pick if you don't go quarterback and free agency and just a full draft of defense. And you could really make some things happen. Uh, and I, I want to resist from saying this, but from a defensive mind like Salah is, we've been uh, fooled by defensive minds in the past, to say the least. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think there's a chance that Salah could see it and say, okay, I'm going to fix this defense and we're going to go with this offense. Um, but I think yeah. he's the more likely of the two to move on from Stafford because I think if Biennemi comes in here, he says, I got a gunslinger again. I got playmakers on offense again. Uh, do I need a little speedy wide receiver? Yeah, maybe, but I got Marvin Hall. Who knows what I can do with him? Uh, and then he trusts his defensive coordinator and they just go heavy defense in the offseason just like Sala would. Uh, so is there a world? Yeah, I think it's more likely under Sala. Um, but man, when I look at these top candidates, I, I don't know if either one would move on from Stafford. But I do think it's time. So that's where I struggle with it. Especially, so, let's say you lose out mm -hmm. and you're picking fifth. Mm -hmm. You don't trade up for one because then you, you, Trevor Lawrence is sitting there. I mean, you, I'm not giving up draft capital for the next three years, first and second. So I'm not doing it. I'm not Kevin Costner in draft day. Uh, but trading up to two from five, that's not going to take even, I don't think, half as much as what it would take to get Lawrence. And a guy like Fields, especially if you have B enemy, uh, I mean, that fits him perfect. Super strong arm, uh, athletic, can move around the pocket. Not a true runner, but can I mean, 20, 30 yards on the ground a game, for sure he can do. Um, just free, can throw off his back foot, can throw on the run, can do a lot of the things Patty Mahomes can do. Obviously not as well, but in that in a similar mold. 
Yeah. Uh, and then the only thing you really, really have to work on is decision making, which isn't horrible. I mean, I know he threw a couple picks against Indiana on Saturday, but last season I think he threw two interceptions all year. Um, yeah, at one point he had like more incompletions or more touchdowns than incompletions or something this year. So yeah, I'm he, not too worried about it. Big fan, but like if I'm picking five, I trade up for that guy and I start the process because uh, what I don't want from whoever we hire as the next coach to come in and think they have a quick fix. This is the Detroit Lions. There is no quick fix. So, of course, I, I agree with all of that. And we've seen teams sh- kind of shortchange the rebuild on the Lions side. Uh, at least Patricia like kind of tried to do a larger rebuild on the defensive side, regardless of whether it worked or not. But the if you're hiring Robert Sala, uh, my guess is, is that that's a one-year turnaround, in the opinion of Robert Sala. Which is which is been the problem I think uh, with most Detroit Lions head coaches over the history of this team. I mean, well, you've got like legitimate guys on this defense to start somewhere with, and the offense is like is good, right? You've got playmakers at every position on offense, uh, and you've got a couple of like interesting players on defense. Like Jimmy Collins hasn't been terrible. Uh, Jeff Okuda is still a number three pick. Uh, you know, Coleman's contract sucks and Trufant's been like an absolute nightmare this year, but that's your one or two players away. Like John Harmon's been decent for what we're paying for him. We need some linebackers obviously, but that's it. Yeah. But all right. So now we're, we're doing the lions fan thing. We're doing that. Right. So you look at this offense going into next year, your number two wide receiver is going to be Marvin Hall. Marvin Jones is not going to be back. Danny Amendola is not going to be back. Maybe Quintez Cephas. Who knows if you're going to extend Kenny? I mean, the, this offense, like, you're going to still have to work on this offense. The, the right side of the offensive line is nothing to write home about. Uh, the left side's been pretty good. The middle's been okay. But you, you got to get that right side cleared up. So there's I mean, still issues on offense. And then you have to reshape your whole defense. Your whole defensive line is made in this big strength, slow guys win the battles in the trenches, which obviously has been proven not to be true. And also, uh, we don't do that. Yeah, we, well, that's <laughs> exactly. Um, and then Okuda, we want to believe in Okuda, but who we don't know. I mean, he's been one of the worst corners in football. If Trufant's gone, if you cut Trufant and Coleman is still what Coleman's been, which is not very good, you have no sec- You don't really have a secondary. Tracy Walker is not what we were thinking Tracy Walker was going to be. We thought that was a steal in the late rounds, and he's been – on the edge of horrendous yeah. uh, over the last six or seven weeks. Uh, and then your linebackers, you're going to have Jamie Collins. He'll be here for one more year. Uh, you'll probably have Reggie Ragland, um, but you need work there. So you need work everywhere on the defense. You need to work on half of the offense at least if you're not going and getting a new quarterback. Sure, It's not a one-year turnaround. No matter, well, I don't care if you bring Bill Belichick. You can get, you can get a number two receiver in the offseason. I don't think that's that hard of a get. I'm sure that like Willie Sneed will be around for you or whoever, whoever, if like, like who is Prashad Perriman going to be a free agent? Can we steal him from the Jets? You want Prashad Perriman to be your number two wide receiver? No, I'm just saying like there's guys around that are available to be number two receivers behind Kenny Galladay in between Marvin Hall and Quintez Cephas. And also like Hawkinson's like almost a receiver the way that we play him. And we still have, we might have Jesse James. I don't know if his contract goes another year, but. You know, there's offensive talent. Uh, are you looking at wide receivers right now? Yeah, there's nobody. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, what are you looking at? What do you see? 
I mean, I not one of the players on this list right here would be somebody who I would be comfortable have, having a real role with this team uh, if you're looking to compete in any way. I mean, Ted Ginn might be the best free agent. Ouch, receiver. okay. Well, that's not good. Well, maybe we can trade a fifth-round pick for somebody. But there, the point is that there, there shouldn't be the want or the need for a one-year turnaround here. It's a new regime. It's a new GM. It's yeah. a new head coach. They have to get their players. It's just like college football. A guy's got to recruit his own guys. Whoever our GM is, whether it's Lewis Riddick uh, or somebody else, they need to get their own guys to go along with whoever our head coach is, whether it's Biennemi or Sala or Matt Campbell or Brian DeBall or any, any number of guys. Uh, there is no quick fix here. And if it's treated like that, this next regime is going to fail. It's going to fail. If they come in here and they try to do it all right away, all you do is set yourself back. You move the rebuild back another year. That's all you're doing. Getting yourself under more Trufant-type contracts, more Jamie Collins-type contracts, uh, more Trey Flowers-type contracts, where you can't get out of them because of the dead caps. So you have to wait until 2022, 2023 to get out of these contracts. So um, are you pro deal Stafford or are you anti deal Stafford? I am pro deal Stafford. Uh, you, okay. Now I'm not sure it's not going, or I'm not sure it's going to happen. Uh, as I've said, as everybody who listens to this show knows, we love Stafford here. We are Stafford apologists. Mm -hmm. uh, I never thought I'd see a day where it's time to get rid of him, but he's in his 30s. He deserves to go to a franchise that that works well and runs well. And we need to start something new. It hasn't worked here. It's just that simple. There hasn't been a playoff win. No matter what the numbers are, no matter what type of leader and quarterback he is, it has not worked here. What would you take for him? A second-round pick. Like a good second-round pick? Any second-round like Oh, man. You're, I mean, it's, it's, you know, you got to you – gotta, Get the ball rolling. Now, is there a chance that we draft a quarterback and have Stafford here for a year uh, and then sit that quarterback for that year? Sure. I wouldn't want to do that. I, I know you're a fan of the sit behind a guy. Uh, I don't not. think that would work in this situation. I think it works more in an Aaron Rodgers situation where you know the guy's got two, three years left. And also, it didn't work this time, speaking of the last – Yeah, well, at did. least we don't think so. So here's my official There's prediction no for the next regime, Okay. Uh, I've thought about this all day. I flip-flopped. I mean, I have not been able to make up my mind until about 10 minutes before we started recording. I think we're getting Eric Bieniemy, And I think, um, uh, shoot, uh, Mike Borgonzi, the Chiefs uh, Director of Player Personnel, is coming here. And we are going from the Patriot way to the Chiefs way in the snap of a finger. Just like that. Uh, that, I don't love that I don't love the idea of copying what another team is doing immediately after we tried to copy what another team was doing and it really didn't work so let me tell you what the difference is because when I say the Chiefs way I'm mostly being sarcastic Bob okay. Quinn and Matt Patricia came in here and wanted to be the New England Patriots right. to the point of the only team we're making trades with is the New England Patriots the only free agents we're signing had to have at one point played for the New England Patriots. I believe uh, Mike Borgonzi and Eric Bieniemy are going to come in here and are not – they are going to want to create their own culture, their own system. There's very loud cars outside. I forgot to shut my window. Their own culture, their own system, 
uh, and create something new instead of doing this copycat bullshit that Patricia and Quinn tried to do. Because obviously it doesn't work. And these guys are smart enough to know that. I mean, we saw this Chiefs offense today. Tyreek Hill was going – he had he was on pace for 800 yards and eight touchdowns at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, like that was pretty fun. Um, so, I mean, but here's the thing. You have options. Uh, we knew going into our last head coaching search that Quinn was getting his guy, and his guy was Patricia. We knew that. Yeah. This time, there is no we know this. We know who's coming in. It will be who has the best interview, who has the best plan, and who do we who do the who does the either the outside hiring company they use like they did last time to get Quinn? Who does that person believe is the most likely to execute that? Or who do the Fords? I know that's scary, but who do the Fords believe are the most likely to execute that? So uh, Eric Bieniemy should be the number one guy. He's the number one boy this year. Uh, will probably be an NFL coach next year unless something happens. The only thing that would stop, I think, the Lions from getting Eric Bieniemy would be Eric Bieniemy deciding he doesn't want to coach the Lions and instead deciding he wants to coach the Houston Texans, where you have a slightly younger quarterback, probably a better quarterback. Definitely uh, a better quarterback. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's awesome. Uh, you have leaders on both sides of the ball. The There's, like, what you're talking about where you can build it from nothing. I mean, the Texans have, like, the, the hierarchy is like Romeo Cornell and then some guy in the middle and then the owner, which is about four – there's about four spaces missing in the infrastructure for the Houston Texans right now. So that's like a real teardown rebuild, uh, especially on like the business side, the talent development side, the management side. Uh, so I, I think that that would be the only reason why that wouldn't happen. I think that the Texans job is probably a better job than the Lions job less institutional failure to deal with here's I, I so I disagree for a couple of reasons I actually think if he's not coming here it's more likely he goes to the Jets than the Texans uh to try to build something with Trevor Lawrence um oh, sure but one the Texans draft capital the next two years is shot I think they're missing their first and second round picks each of the next two years the defense is just as bad as it is here, except for here, at least like 30% of it is just from horrendous coaching. Uh, there, almost all of it is just from lack of talent outside of J.J. Watt. Uh, so I think, I, think it's, I think it's a better job just from a talent standpoint on defense, which he, I know if he goes in, he's going to think, I'm going to be able to work in offense no matter who's there. Uh, and then on top of that, I always think for for dudes who have made it to this level, you got to be a little bit different when it comes to your competitive nature. And the idea of being able to be a savior, uh, the first head coach who wins a Super Bowl here gets a statue. They get inducted into the Hall of Fame more than likely. They are yeah. uh, a folklore, a hero in the city of Detroit. I, uh, I don't even think you have to win a Super Bowl. I think you just got to win like two playoff games. Yeah, like just make it where you're competitive for five years in a row. You are a hero in the city. Um, and I think the idea of that gets a lot of coaches amped up and excited. I like that. Um, now, I think it's like I have Vietnamese like one notch above Salah for who I think is coming here because Salah, the Dearborn kid, uh, yeah, that's understands be really the franchise. Tough to escape, man. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, you know, that's somebody who understands what we've been through as football fans I in like the city. He gets it. 
and if anybody can understand what bringing a winning organization and a real culture to this team would be, it would be somebody who grew up watching this shit show of a franchise. Do you think that if Robert Sala is hired, that there's a chance that he keeps uh, Daryl Bevel around? Uh, I do not, no. I think this is going to be a full, uh, clean house. So even Rob Wood, uh, the president of football operations, Sheila Ford Hand today said she wasn't planning on uh, like getting rid of him or anything, but there is some major organizational structure changes coming, which I think means Rob Wood, who in his introductory press conference, essentially said, I don't know shit about football. I'm a businessman. I think he's going to be moved to the president of business operations. We're getting a new president of football operations, a new GM, a new head coach, new scouts, new assistants. I mean, it's a it's a fresh start. They want to completely erase the culture that Quinn and Patricia, the smartest guy in the room, jackassery that they've been putting on for Patricia three years and Quinn five years. Uh, they want to completely erase that. I think that Quinn will probably get uh, another GM job or something at some point. I think it's on the table, but it's going to take a pretty serious couple of good years as a, either a director of player personnel or a head scout or something along those lines, yeah. which I'm not 100% sure he's capable of. The thing about Sala, I think that really gets me excited, is through all these injuries that the Niners have had this year, they are seventh in the league in total yards allowed. They And today they were really good against yes. the Rams. The Rams couldn't do uh, anything. Yeah. It's... I. Uh, even if even if we don't get Bienemy and we do get Robert Sala, I would say that that is still a really good hire. I hope. Oh, I uh, agree a hundred percent. Do you? Have I'm just nervous else? about a defensive guy. Yeah, uh, we're all going to be a little snake bitten about that for a couple of years. I think a couple hires. Uh, do you think that there are any dark horse guys that could get the job? Greg Roman, uh, the Ravens' offensive coordinator. He's kind of also on that next – He, I think he's probably third on that next man up list. Uh, I mean, he's created such a unique offense. And I get Lamar Jackson's there, and it's a little bit easier. But it's more than just a running quarterback that makes that offense unique. Uh, he's also taken players who uh, haven't been the top, top guys uh, and turned them into you know really good players, Mark Andrews, uh, players along those lines. Uh, so I think that's a name. Um, Matt Campbell, who you brought up to me, yeah. uh, I don't love that idea. Honestly, he's – I mean, he's a winning coach in college, but he's not dominant by any means. And I know he doesn't have the recruiting tools that other college head coaches have. But but that seems like kind of where the market inefficiency is right now in hiring coaches is taking those guys who are like elite schematically at the college level, like uh, Cliff Kingsbury, that kind of thing. Uh, and bringing him in as NFL coaches has had some success. There's an alley there, uh, and you're not going to get Lincoln Riley, who's the top, the best candidate for a college coach to succeed in the NFL right now. So, and then uh, my last dark horse would be Braden Combs, who will sure. be here next season. I don't know what role it'll be in, but he'll be here. He'll be uh, promoted. Um, and I or think there's a leave. chance he could be your <laughs> offensive coordinator if Salah comes here or if Biennemi comes here either. Do we know, do we know yet if Brayden Combs is an offensive or defensive coach? Um, like 90% sure he's an offensive guy. Okay, that's uh, good. His dad was a defensive guy, but I think he's an offensive guy. Well, I'm already drafting re press releases on my stationery. 
Yeah, I mean, like seriously, you don't let that guy leave your organization. I don't, s- dude. Let me tell you one thing that I am almost a hundred percent certain of, and it is that Brain Combs will not be promoted, and that like some team, some smart team like the Steelers are going to offer him a coordinator position, and he's going to be awesome. Oh, I would. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked at all. All right, so scenario. You're picking. That's that's breaking news. I need a different noise. Much better. Okay. Uh, you lose out. You win one more game. You end up picking five. Okay. The Cincinnati Bengals lose out. They end up picking two. Cincinnati wants your first round pick this year, so five. Your first round pick next year, your second round pick next year, and a sixth rounder. No. No, there's no top, top defensive guys in this year's draft. Yeah, so I definitely if if the situation is Robert Sala or Eric Bieniemy is the coach, and they want to keep Matt Stafford. Then no, no, I'm, I'm saying we're moving on from Stafford. That's so. Uh, much I guess you, I guess you don't have man. to. Uh, yeah, so much to give up. Franchise quarterbacks are franchise quarterbacks. They're worth more than anything. And the Bengals are going to be picking three, by the way, because the Jaguars are going to be picking two. How many? Do the Jags still only Jaguars have one have win? One win. And the Bengals have three. Yeah, and a tie. So they so have five. You could go get Zach Wilson out of BYU. There's your next guy. Yeah, Who Zach Wilson. Is mega accurate, like super duper accurate. Uh, decent athlete. Uh, he's decent uh, of decent athletes. Like he's average among average athletes. If you know what I'm yeah, saying. He's yeah, not yeah. good average or bad average. He's average average. Uh, yeah. And then uh, uh, like. Not top tier arm strength, but good arm strength. So if you're moving on from Stafford, you are either need to be willing to give up draft capital, or you need to be willing to take a risk on a guy like Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. So I hate Trey Lance. I am not a believer. I do. We are. We're gonna have to go down that road once we've once I've done a little more research for sure. I can't wait. To I talk just kind of started. Lance. I just started like dip my toe in the water of like looking at like all the college quarterbacks coming out. Trey Lance is the D two guy, right? North Dakota State. No, no, no. Do not do it. Do not do to yourself. We're not doing it now. Workouts are going to be great, and it's not going to work out. Why? Because we've seen D two quarterbacks work out. Sure. So Joe Flacco is one of them. Uh, if Carson Wentz didn't bash his head in ninety times, he'd be on that list. Okay, well, that's a pretty big if. Uh, so Carson. Wentz, well, I'm not going to so be like Trey Lance is going to get injured. Th- I mean, he's 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 got <laughs> he needs some refinement, right? Josh Allen's accuracy, the other one, right? The accuracy might be pinpoint. I think Josh Allen went to wasn't he South Dakota State? No, that was uh, not him. I know. Ah, Josh Allen went to Wyoming. Oh yeah, that's like the same thing. Not really. <laughs> Not really. I, if I showed you on a map where South Dakota State was and where the University of Wyoming was, are you confident that you could tell me which one was which? Yeah, one of them's in Wyoming. Okay. Um, God, I'm trying to find a list of D2 uh, quarterbacks who have gone to the NFL. So uh, Wentz went to North Dakota State. Um, God, Khalil Mack was D two. Uh, 
there was that that Marshall team that Randy Moss played for that had Chad Pennington playing quarterback. There's a couple for you, but none of those guys are world beaters, and I wouldn't spend like my savior allowance on any of those guys. I'd probably want Trey Lance more than I'd want Zach Wilson. Uh, I don't I know think if I like Zach Wilson a whole ton either. I mean, Zach I'm just Wilson is, into it, but Zach Wilson to me seems like he's going to be the thirteenth, no, the sixteenth best quarterback in the NFL his entire career. Like he's so going to be good. That it's going to become the Zach the Wilson Zach Wilson line. line. Yeah, it oh, will be the man. Zach Wilson line. Uh, Trey Lance seems like a guy who's either going to be out of the league in three years or competing for MVPs. Yeah, so <laughs> as, as the Detroit Lions organizationally and historically, I don't need to take that gamble right now. Stafford's fine. You want to know why did the Detroit Lions are losers? Because they act like no, losers. No, that's – okay. Whether or not that's true is different than whether or not this is true. You don't have to have a, a new quarterback right now. You want a new quarterback right now. You I agree. want a shiny new toy to play with, because but the old toy works just fine. And in fact, pretty well. And if we could get a defense around that toy to keep it safe, an offensive line to keep it safe, uh, I think you could really uh, uh, do some good toy things with that toy. But we want a new quarterback. And if we're going to take one when we don't absolutely have to have one the way like the Jets do or the way that the Jaguars do, we're going to make the wrong choice. So I over over drafting. We're going to be. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't I don't necessarily think you'd be over drafting either one of those quarterbacks in that spot. Um, But your other options is somebody like a linebacker like Micah Parsons from Penn State, who obviously isn't making a super fucking huge impact. They just got their first win over that loser-ass Michigan team. Uh, Or you could go, and I I don't know how to say this guy's last name yet, Gregory Rassau, uh, an edge rusher from Miami who really should be going past 10, but there's just such a lack of top-end defensive talent in this draft that he's going to find his way in the top seven. Well, this is going to piss you off, but then why not just trade down? I, I'm not against that either. Okay, that doesn't good. piss me off at all. That's what it's sounding like the move is here. We need to trade down from 5 to like 10 and 15 and like take 30 shots at the dartboard on defensive players. It's just it, – God, I wonder if the – is the best option then to just keep Stafford and yes, then you keep Stafford, year. you try to get as much defense as you can this year. But then, what are you doing the next year? Like, are next, you are you signing? Guy, but are you signing guys? <clears throat> but you have to look a couple years ahead. Are you signing guys that are going to help you now, or are you signing guys just to have a decent defense to just be good enough? I mean, because uh, if you want to sign guys to put you over the top, it's going to be long contracts. And then, as we love to talk about on the show, the timelines are going to be all out of whack. I think timelines matter less in football than they do in basketball, where they're supremely important to your long-term franchise building. But how many years are left on Stafford's deal? Two. Two, right? So you you take him this year and you evaluate it, and maybe you get a third-round pick for him at the end of next year. And and if the right quarterback falls to you, that's that's good. Like it's okay if it's it's okay to like not have everything totally mapped out for two, three years ahead. Stafford's a really good NFL quarterback, and those are hard as hell to find. And taking a gamble on one because you think that you need one because you're just tired of the old guy is a real Toy Story 3 philosophy that I, I can't get behind. Are you hating on Toy Story 3 right now? 
It's my. It's uh. It's not my favorite, but it, like the core of it is that Andy gets tired with his toys and plays new toys. Plays with new toys. Do you lack all emotion? Uh, I don't like to experience as many of that that many emotions oh, at once. God. Yeah. Okay. You also save yourself. $15 million by keeping Stafford in it. Okay, year. but the NFL cap is imaginary. It's like, no, well, I mean, it's no, not it's imaginary. It's the hardest it, one it's... to go around. I mean, it's the hardest one. You have to fill a 53 man <laughs> roster. You want to know what happens? the Saints do to their, to their payroll every year? It's yeah, wild. Yeah, the Saints have Sean Payton. The Saints have one of the greatest coaches of this, this century. Like, we're, we're hoping to get that, but I'm not going to guarantee that. Uh, they are able to win with Taysom Hill as their quarterback. 27 teams in the NFL could not do that. <laughs> um, oh God, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm happy. I, like, I know we're getting into the deep part of this discussion. That's because everybody's already talked about the, the top part, right? Yeah. Your options are Salah or Biennemi or Matt Campbell or any number of head coaches, but you're going to hopefully Fisher. find the right one. If you hire Jeff Fisher... <laughs> I will burn Ford Field to the ground. Uh, well, that's not good. We're gonna have to cut that because that'll make it premeditated. You'll do five more years for that. I hope I will. I don't want to ever leave prison again if they do it. I need. I want to be in solitary. Give your lawyer something to work with here. Give your Jesus. lawyer something to work with. Uh, and then your your GM could be Louis Riddick or uh, God. I keep forgetting his name. I've been researching him all day. Mike Borganzi uh, or any number of guys. Uh, so. I actually think Lewis Riddick is interesting because what Lions fans are going to freak out about is what happened the last time we took a guy out of the booth or out of an analyst spot and made him our GM. Oh, that guy turned into the worst general manager in the history of sports as Matt Millen. That's a tough Uh, sell, man. So the difference is, just so everybody knows, there's a big, big difference. One, Matt Millen had no front office experience. Lewis Riddick worked his way up from a scout to the director of player personnel in a, fr- in a franchise in less than a decade. Uh, he's been with three separate teams in their front offices, and he is widely regarded by both the media and in and around the NFL as a genius of a football mind. Again, scary words to use right now when you're in a coaching or a GM search in Detroit. Uh, but a genius, like they've, like a super intelligent, smart dude who can evaluate talent with the best of them in the whole world. Uh, Same with Borgonzi, by the way. Super great talent evaluator from what everybody says. Um, I don't, don't, there's just, there's options. And I think we should all be happy about that. And I don't think we should, any of us should freak out. And I also don't think when we hire Biennemi or we hire Riddick or we hire Borgonzi or we hire Sala, that we should all be talking about how this guy is the savior. Because guess what? More than likely he's not. More than likely, he's going to be gone in four years. But go into it like positive. Just don't give him the savior treatment that we kind of gave Matt Patricia when he came here, that the next step was guaranteed to be taken, that this team was on its way to competing in the playoffs because you never know. Let's all go into it with one eye shut, one eye open, one eye believing, one eye super skeptical, and see what we get out of it. Third eye on standby. Stand back and stand by third eye. Well, my third eye... My third eye is never. (laughs) (laughs) My third eye is never shut off. My third eye is always on. That's what makes me different. That's why I'm built different. All right. Well, a little bit of a short show this week. Sports are. All right. I'm gonna do that again. Uh. All right. Well, a little bit of a short show this week. We are waiting. We're like three weeks away from sports like 
picking up heavy football, baseball, or football, basketball, hockey. College football and college basketball are going on right now. We're going to get into more into college basketball as the year goes on. I'm jumping back in hardcore like I used to. Um, be on some college basketball this year too. Yeah, so. I mean, we got to keep eyes out for Cade Cunningham and, and the top guys with who knows how this Pistons season is going to look. Um, but you got us here. I don't know if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook or if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Pods, but subscribe there. Subscribe on Apple Pods and Spotify. Also, we'll be back next week with our NFL Pick Show again. We took Thanksgiving week off because we deserved it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we were a card. Get off our backs about it. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for listening. Although, <laughs> I might have gotten COVID from Thanksgiving, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Also, yeah, Parker, I hope you're feeling better. Go sleep again, bud. Go sleep more. Everybody's got COVID, though, so you get to join a uh, – you're one of the popular kids now. Well, now when I get now when I go to meetings, I don't have to wear a mask anymore. Yeah, yes. Because <laughs> I can't get it anymore. That's yeah, no, never it again. It's 100% for the rest of your uh, life. You'll never get it again. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Go subscribe to us or else I'm going to hunt down your mom and tell her I love her. Here's our awesome sports clip of the week. It's Diego Maradona doing cocaine. Qué cosa, eh? Parecería preparado. Justo él tiene que definir. En fila. Tres en penales, gana el equipo Selección de América. Si faltaba algo.